On Sunday mornings, we've been on the subject of the Lord, my healer. The Lord, my healer. There's two things your faith needs to be fed on on a regular basis. Healing and provision. Because in this world, these mortal bodies, in the curse that's in the earth and all the issues here, you're going to need some help being sustained in your body. And how many know you need money every day, right? Eat, gas to go, place to live, whatever. And so uh, your faith needs to be fed in these areas. Your faith can be strong in one area and be weak in another. Because it hasn't been fed. So we're feeding our faith. On the Lord being our healer. What do you think? Can you get too much faith for healing? There's no such thing. Exodus 15. 26. The latter part of the verse says. I am the Lord. That healeth thee. This is one of those great. Compound redemptive names. Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord, the self-existent one, who is your healer, your physician, the one who fixes you. The great I am. And he, the great I am never changes. Nobody has the right to say, well, he used to heal, but he changed. And it's not necessarily his will to heal anymore. That's just simply not the Bible. It's not true. If he ever said, I am, then he still is. I am the Lord that heals you. We noticed in Psalm 103, Psalm 103 verse 1 said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all. His benefits. Is there more than one benefit to being saved? Yes, there is. Then he starts off a list. Verse 3, benefit number 1. Who forgives all thine iniquities? How many believe that? It'd be hard to find a Christian church that didn't believe that. Stood up boldly and said, I'm telling you, it's God's will to forgive all iniquities. And if you'll come to him and receive, he will forgive all iniquities. But the next part, people get hung up on. Benefit number two. Who what? Healeth all thy diseases. Well, are we supposed to look at that one differently than the first part? No, just because somebody doesn't get saved, that doesn't mean Jesus is not the Savior. Just because somebody didn't receive forgiveness, that didn't mean that it wasn't God's will to forgive them. It just meant for whatever reason, they didn't receive that forgiveness. They didn't receive him as Lord and be born again. Well, the same thing's true about the other. Just because somebody didn't receive healing... That doesn't prove it wasn't God's will for them to be healed. It just means for some reason they didn't receive. 
You and I, all of us, have come short receiving on different things at different times, but that doesn't change. The eternally established Word of God, that when He went to the cross, He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. Hallelujah. Just like He took our sins and paid the price for our transgressions. And by His stripes ye are, and 1 Peter said, were healed. We're just as healed as we are forgiven. Is it the same cross? It's the same work of redemption. We saw also in Luke, the fifth chapter, that when they tore off the roof and, and let that man down on his mat or cot, and the Bible said, Luke 5, 17, that the power of the Lord was present there to heal all of them. And when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven. The scribes and Pharisees began to reason and said, who is this that speaks blasphemies? Verse 21, who can forgive sins but God alone? So now here in today, a lot of Christians believe that God can and will forgive, but they're not sure if he will heal. Well, back then, they weren't fussing about him healing because they were seeing it, but they were fussing about him forgiving. How many believe he can forgive and heal? And forgive. And heal. And that's what Jesus got into. Jesus, verse 22, perceived their thoughts. And he said, what reason you in your hearts, whether is easier to say your sins be forgiven you or to say rise up and walk? Jesus said, well, which one's easier? I'm glad he didn't say which one's harder. This lets us know both of these are easy. If you had to... Uh, Make yourself into a new creature. It wouldn't be easy. It'd be impossible. If you had to heal your own body. Through your efforts. It'd be impossible. You don't have to do that. All we got to do. Is believe we receive. Hallelujah. Believe we receive. Forgiveness. How do you know you're forgiven? You believe you receive. Your forgiveness. Based on what he tells you. In the word. Well even though you've been made. The righteousness of God in Christ. Even though you believe you receive forgiveness, have you ever had a symptom of being unrighteous? Oh, don't look at me so holier than that. You ever had a feeling that was different from you being the righteousness of God in Christ? Well, yeah, but we learn how to not be moved by how we feel and believe we're forgiven no matter how we feel and believe we're cleansed no matter how we feel. And believe we are redeemed. And believe we've been made. We didn't earn it. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. We just believe that. Well we've got to do the same thing with our bodies. Even though you don't look healed. You don't feel healed. It works exactly the same way. You believe that you receive your healing. And if somebody says well you sure don't look healed. You say I didn't say I look healed. How do you feel? I'm not talking about that. I believe. That I receive my healing. And you do like Abraham did. Who's our father of faith. He called those things that be not. As though they were. And was fully persuaded. Hallelujah. He called, Even though he and Sarah didn't have a child. And they were too old. She couldn't conceive when she was young. He still received the name change. And called himself the father of many nations. Hallelujah. 
That's how faith works. And it's wonderful that all things are possible to him or her that believes. Can you say amen? Well, go with me to Romans, the 10th chapter, and the 8th verse. Romans 10, 8 says, What saith it? The word is nigh, we'd say near you. The word is close. Even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Did Paul preach faith? Yes, he did. Verse 9. That if you will confess. Everybody say confess. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now a lot of people know these verses in connection with being born again. And they are some of the very best and simplest to understand in the word of God. But notice, prior to this, he was talking about you don't have to go up to heaven and bring the Lord down to get, you know, salvation. You don't have to go to the heart of the earth. He said it's close to you. The results, the salvation. Now, salvation is one of the big words in the New Testament. It doesn't just mean born again. Say, when you say I'm saved, saved from what? It's a pretty good list. (laughs) And salvation includes deliverance and protection and healing and restoration. It includes a number of things. But it all begins with the new birth. And he said the word of faith is is close to us. Even, verse 8, where is it? It's in your mouth and in your heart. Somebody say, in your mouth. mouth. Anybody remember Mark 11, 23? Jesus said, whoever shall what? Say. Say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now people have mocked this, made fun of it. They've made fun of folks like us, called us that confess it, possess it bunch, that blab it, grab it bunch. The list goes on. But this is what they're making fun of, what the master, Jesus, said. How many know you're being very foolish to make fun of what the master said? Jesus said, if you'll say it and not doubt but believe what you say, that you'll have what you say. Hallelujah. Didn't say you'll have what you think. Y'all with me, friends? People are missing it. Christians, good church-going people, are missing it in the saying area. They're not speaking. They're not saying. This has been lost in a large degree through the last several hundred years in the church. Sometimes people that visit us for the first time, they find it strange 
Just like during the offering that we stand up and say, we have extra coming in. We're paying everything off quickly. Things like that. We just keep saying, well, why? Is, is that really necessary? Only if you want miracles. Only if you want results. And it shouldn't be surprising or strange to us because it's how every one of us got born again. Here's the thing. It's not supposed to stop once you're born again. It's the beginning of a way of life. The just didn't just get justified by faith. Then they're to go on and live by faith and walk by faith, which means believing in your heart and saying with your mouth. Hallelujah. Got to open your mouth and say it. Now, if you don't believe it, it's not going to have any power either. It's not just saying it that causes it to happen. Jesus said, you got to believe and not doubt in your heart. But if you'll believe what you're saying and not doubt, you, Jesus said, the head of the church said, you shall have whatever you said. Is that true? I'm pointing to a scripture. Is that true? What Jesus said, that if you won't doubt but believe that what you say, you'll have what you say. Then if we need healing, why wouldn't we be saying that? If something's not working right in our body, why wouldn't we be talking to it? If we need money to come in, why, we, why wouldn't we be saying that? But most church-going people are not. Instead of doing what the Lord told them to do, they beg. They beg. Please God, please God, please God. I need, I need, I need. I've got to have. Please, 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 please. He didn't say you'll have what you beg for. Believers are not beggars. Begging reveals you don't know if it's the will of God or not. Elsewise, you wouldn't be begging for it. You'd know you have a right to come boldly to the throne of grace and lay hold. Hallelujah. Go with me to Hebrews, please. Oh, this is some good preaching. Hebrews 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Now, this is the King James, but this is exactly the same Greek word that's translated confession. Confession. Let me give you the definition for that. The word confession means, this is from Strong's and Vines and others, it says to speak the same thing. Literally, there's two words that go together on this, and one of them is same, and the other one is speak. To speak the same thing. The same as what? Speak the same thing as what? As what? The Lord told you. A confession of faith in God would be saying the same thing he told you. Agreeing with him. It also means to acknowledge or to agree with. Which 
If you don't agree with it or acknowledge it, you're not going to be saying the same thing. So when the Lord tells you, you having confessed Jesus and believed on him, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, in him, what should you say? I'm, oh, there's nothing to me. I'm so pitiful. No, don't say what you feel. See, it takes faith to say what he said when you don't look that way and when you don't feel that way, right? So confession is saying the same thing that he's saying. And Jesus here in Hebrews 3.1 is revealed to be the apostle and high priest of what? Of us saying the same thing. Does the head of the church work with what we say? Didn't say he's the apostle and high priest of what we think? What we feel? Of our confession? Of what we speak? What we say? Does he work with your confession in the new birth? If you believe, in fact, just... uh, Pop it on the screen. You don't have to go back to it. But uh, Romans 10 and uh, 10. With the heart man believes unto righteousness. Now are you made righteous? Does it take effect in you before or after you believe? You believe unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made what? Unto salvation. It's not you get saved and then you say I'm saved. Can you see that? It's not salvation unto confession. It's confession unto salvation. Oh, that's a good revelation. It's confession unto salvation. 1 John 4.15, put that on the screen. You don't need to go there. 1 John 4.15 goes right along with this. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, what happens? God dwells in him. And he in God. The manifestation of God in you occurs as a result of you confessing. That Jesus is the Son of God. Even though salvation is available to everyone. God is not dwelling in everyone. Jesus called some of the most religious people of his day. He said your father is the devil. You're of your father the devil. Well was God dwelling in them? No. But how did God come to dwell in you? Confession is made unto salvation. The moment you begin to confess, I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. I confess that I am the redeemed. I am the saved of the Lord that allowed the Spirit of God to come into you. Hallelujah. And recreate your spirit. And for God to dwell in you. That's a far greater miracle than a healing. A healing is repair work on an existing structure. 
Your spirit wasn't healed. It was recreated. You are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Told you it was good preaching. Hallelujah. I ought to preach this to myself this morning. Is it true? Why does your spirit get excited when you hear that? Because it's true. It's real. God is dwelling in me. His spirit, his presence is in me 24-7. My body and my being has become a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, when did that happen? And how did that happen? I believed with my heart. And I did what else? I confessed with my mouth. 10-10. Verse 10. With my heart, I believed unto. I wasn't righteous. But I believed it. And I became so. Hallelujah. And with my mouth... I confessed unto salvation. I wasn't saved. Is everybody saved? Everybody automatically saved? There was a time when you wasn't saved. How'd you get saved? I believed in my heart. What the Lord said. The Lord said. God said that he gave Jesus on my behalf. God said he put my sins on him. Is that right? He paid the price. He raised from the dead and is king of kings and lord of lords. And I and you believed that. We acknowledged it. We agreed with it. We believed it. We accepted it. We acknowledged it. And we said the same thing. We said the same thing that he said about it. Hallelujah. Lord, you say I'm saved. I'm saved. You say I'm righteous. I'm righteous. You say I'm clean by the blood. I'm clean by the blood. Brother Hagin said years ago, my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, who's in heaven now, he's having a healing line. And he's laying hands on people to be filled with the Spirit. And he came to this one guy, and he was standing beside his wife, he found out later. And he said, so brother, you want to be filled with the Spirit, Holy Spirit right now? He said, he looked at him kind of big eyed, he turned to his wife, he said, if she say I do, I do. <laughs> well, she did, he did, and God did. <laughs> we need to be like that. What's your condition? Well, whatever the Lord, if the Lord say I do, I do. If He say I am, I am. Right? If He say I is, I is. Whatever He says, we need to agree with Him. Well, why wouldn't that be obvious? Because we live in this world and there are many times it doesn't look like what He said is true. It doesn't feel like. What he said is right. But there's nothing wrong with what he said. It's just something wrong with what we're feeling. Hallelujah. Said out loud confession. Unto. Salvation. Go to Hebrews again please. We didn't finish over there. Hebrew, we were in Hebrews 3. Go to Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. 14. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest. We just got through seeing he is the apostle and the high priest of our confession. 
Seeing we have this great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us do what? Hold fast our profession. Again, that's the same word, confession. Our saying the same thing. Why would the, the scripture keep reiterating to us about our confession? Our confession. And why would you need to say hold fast to it? Why would you need to tell somebody that? Because it's going to be challenged. You're going to be tempted to change your confession. Modify it. Change it and not agree with him. But hold. Look, look at your neighbor. Help him out. Say hold fast. To your confession. <laughs> Phyllis and I held fast to the confession on that car. Year after year, we look at the prices, we think, man, that's a lot of money. We leave it on the vision list. Oh, yeah, it stays on the vision list. We're getting that car. Right? Somebody say, hold fast, hold fast, hold fast, hold fast. When the Lord says something to you, you put that in your mouth. And I don't care if it's a hundred years. I don't care if everybody in the world says it ain't so and it can't be so. If he told you, you put that in your mouth, you don't say anything else. You hold fast. Hallelujah. Help the other people on the other side of you. Tell them, say, hold fast. Hold fast to your confession. Hold on to it. This is a big part of fighting the good fight of faith. Isn't it? Well, the very verse, 1 Timothy 6.12, that says, fight the good fight of faith. What else do you do? Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are called and have professed, have what? Professed or confessed. A good confession before many witnesses. Can you see? He talks about fighting a good fight of faith. And four words later, he's talking about confession. Why? Confession is a big part of fighting the good fight of faith. Because you will be the it's supernatural how you will be tempted to say the wrong thing. If you walk by faith very long, you know what I'm talking about. You're believing the right thing. You've got your scripture. You've heard from the Lord. And then these feelings and these circumstances. And it can go on. And you'll have to bite your lips sometimes. To keep from saying something that will undo what God's trying to do for you. The thought will just bombard you. It's not working. It's not working. I don't know what we're going to do. It's not going to work. We're going under. Not going to make it, not going to make it, not going to make it, not going to make it. And it's not because you're just weak or easily confused. It's because the enemy supernaturally brings these thoughts and feelings and pushes on you, pushes on you. It's real. But that's where the good fight of faith comes in. And there are times you'll have to shake it off and go, no, no, no. Now the Lord said this, and that's how it's going to be. And no other way, and I call it that way in Jesus' name. I call every bill paid. I call every need met. I call my body healed. I call myself free. You got to say it when you look anything but free. When you feel anything except free. 
and you got to hold fast to that saying the same thing that he said. Back to Hebrews 4, please. Hebrews 4, seeing then, verse 14, that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities or weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Is getting grace and help in the time of need, is that connected to what you say? This all flows together. Why would I need to hold on to my confession? You're being convinced of the will of God. And you're boldly declaring it. And you believe you have a right to it. So there's no wavering and wondering or begging. Can you see it, saints? If you're not sure what the will of God is, don't try to start saying. Get your nose in the book. Is that right? Get yourself in the Bible. Until you find out what the will of God is on this. Seek the Lord. Pray pray and seek Him. Pray in the Spirit. Until you find out what He's saying to you. Because He'll speak a word to you. Amen. A living anointed word. About your situation. And when He does. You put that word in your mouth. Hallelujah. And you just keep saying that. I believe the Lord put that word, this word in our mouth a few months ago that extra's coming in. Extra's coming in and we're paying off everything quickly. Hallelujah. If you'll get that in your mouth and you'll believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth, it will flat come to pass. We're getting testimonies right and left. It's happening. But if you go, I don't know about all that, you know. Well, you won't be bothered with it. But you'll still have what you say. Ah, that don't work for me. Just did. Can you see that? You're saying it doesn't work for me like that. And it doesn't work for you like that. But it did just work for you. Whatever you believe. And say consistently. That's what you'll have. Because Jesus said you'll have. Whatever you say. And I believe what Jesus said. And if he said you'll have whatever you say. Then you'll have. Whatever you say. Go to Hebrews 10 please. Hebrews 10. And 21. 10 21 says. Having a high priest. Over the house of God. Let us draw near. Again he's talking about the Lord being our high priest. Let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us do what? Hold fast the confession of our faith, what? Without wavering or without changing. No vacillating back and forth on it. What about our bills? Well, I, I call my bills paid. and I, yeah. I, I hope they're going to be paid. I, I call my bills paid. But sure don't look like they're going to be paid. 
I don't know how in the world, how in the world am I going to get that much money by next week. You're not holding fast to your confession. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. That's why we can hold fast without fear of being disappointed, because he is faithful. If I'm saying what he told me to say, I can count on it. He's going to bring that to pass. Because I'm just saying what he said. I'm saying what he said. Now, two things. In Ezekiel, you don't have to turn there. But Ezekiel 16.6. He says, when I passed by you and saw you polluted in your own blood, I said to you, When you were in your blood, what? Live. Live. Yea, I said to you, when you were in your blood, live. Live. So he didn't just say, you're in a mess. He didn't just say, you're dying. He didn't just say, you're not going to make it. What did he say? Oh, we got to learn not to say what we're seeing. But say what we hear him say. Say. Live. Live. Everybody say live. Live. There is life in an anointed word. To say live. Now let this verse get in you. Because there will be somewhere sometime you need to do this. That you'll need to speak over something. Over yourself, over somebody, over some situation, and say, no, 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 no. Live. In Jesus' name, live. And it'll be because the Spirit of God quickened that to you. Quickened it to you to say, in fact, you heard that in your spirit. And so you're just saying what you heard. Can you see this, friends? Well, what if they tell you that your kidney's dead? Does it have to stay dead? Or part of your liver's dead? Or, or this or that's dead? What, do, you, do you just have to accept it and, and that's the end? Or do we still serve a God with whom nothing's impossible? Nothing's too hard. And all things being possible to those that believe. You don't just say anything. You look to him. Tell me what to say about this, Lord. And he'll quicken to you from his word and by his spirit. It could be this verse right here. Live. Live. And if it comes up in you, then you get bold and you speak to it. You say, kidney, you're my kidney and you got to listen to me in Jesus' name. Live. Live, kidney. Liver, live. Live. Live and be whole. Live and be healed. You know, Jesus told the woman that had the spirit of infirmity. He said, you are loosed from your infirmity. Well, the moment after he said that, she was still bent over. Confession is made unto salvation. You don't see it and then say it. You say it and then see it. Hallelujah. You don't experience it and then believe it. You believe it, then experience it. 
Oh, somebody's getting it in here. Somebody's getting it. Go to John 4, please. Don't accept limitations. Don't accept that you can't eat like other people. I believe I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. Don't accept that you can't travel like other people. You can't do what you need to do. And if you say, I can't, then you're locked. I can't eat that. I can't do that. I can't be away from home overnight. I can't do this. I can't do that. If you say so, you've decreed it. But with God, how hard would it be to reach inside you and his power to tweak something, change something? He made you. He is the Lord, your fixer. I ministered to people at healing school back when I was working in Brother Hagin's ministry who came in wearing gloves and masks and, and had come to believe they were allergic to the air and people. Now that's quite a problem. <laughs> Are you never going to be around anybody? You got to breathe. And over a period of time, they pulled those masks off. Hallelujah. They pulled those gloves off and got free. Hallelujah. By the power of God. Not to say they didn't have real reactions and real problems, but it's because they had given place to the enemy. Over a period of weeks and months and years, they just let this kept letting the enemy rob from them and steal from them and they were agreeing with the enemy. He said you can't eat this. And what'd they say? I can't eat this. He, the devil told them you can't do this. You can't be around this. You can't stand this. You can't deal with this. And what did they do? They put that in their mouth and said the same thing that the devil said to them. We don't want to do that. We want to say the same thing the Lord said to us. He didn't say you can't. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He didn't say to say, I'm too weak. He said, let the weak say, I am strong. Put that in your mouth. Believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth and your body can change to the point. Where you can eat anything anybody else can eat. You can go anywhere anybody else wants to go. You can do anything anybody else wants to do. You're free. Bondage is not the will of God. A restricted, limited life is not from the Lord. He didn't do that to you. And it's possible to get complete. I don't care how long you've been that way. It's possible to get completely free. That woman with the spirit of infirmity, she had been bowed over, bent over for what, 13 years? 18 years. Could not straighten herself up. Well, in that length of time, you get used to it. That's just your life. Two decades almost. But Jesus said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmities. Now, two minutes after he said that, she's still bound. 
She's still been over. After that, he laid his hands on her and ministered and she straightened up. But where did it start? Where did it start? Where did it start? He said it. How many know there is no better example to follow than the master? Do what he did. Operate like he did. Hallelujah. Somebody say thank you Lord. John 4. Did you get there? John 4.46. Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee. Where he had made the water wine. There was a certain nobleman whose son was sick. At Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea unto Galilee. He went to him. And besought him that he would come down and heal his son. For he was at the point of death. So he is pleading with Jesus to come and minister to his son. You could say he's begging. That's all he knows. That's all you know. That's all you know. And then Jesus said to him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. That's not what the man wanted to hear. He wants him to just say, okay, I'll come. Let's go. But Jesus looks at him and says, basically, I'm paraphrasing, there, there's an issue here. You're not going to believe anything unless you see it, which is not faith. If you see it, it's too late to believe it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The only way you can be in faith about it is you don't see it yet. Once you see it, it's past that. Except you see, verse 48, back up. Except you see something, you will not believe. In other words, he's not going to be relaxed in his mind. He's not going to be satisfied that anything has happened until he sees his boy doing better. And that's where many people are. Verse 49. The nobleman said to him, sir, come down ere or before my child dies. What's he still doing? Pleading. Pleading. The Lord didn't tell us to plead and beg. He told us to believe. They're not the same thing. He said, please, you know, come down before he dies. He's in a bad, bad way. There's no time. Please just just come on. Verse 50. Jesus said to him. Go your way. Your son. Lives. Hallelujah. Your son. Lives. And that was the end of it. He's not coming. He's not going to lay hands on him. He's not going to pray a prayer over him. See, religion, if a lot of pastors did this, oh, (laughs) I asked you to come. No, I'm just telling you, live. Oh, a lot of church going people would be fit to be tied. They would be livid and they wouldn't receive. And yet, the Spirit of God led you that way. 
you'd be acting just like Jesus. Acting like the master. We, we, we get, need to get our eyes and focus off of other people. And even laying on of hands. And, and, and you know, things like, because that can be wanting to see something. Wanting to see something. Isn't that what he told him? Unless you see something. You won't believe. But Jesus said, go your way. Your son lives. Now put yourself in that man's position. He's standing there. His boy's in a bad shape when he left the house at the point of death. What do you do? You either continue to follow Jesus and beg or you accept what he said and say what he said. Put these words in your mouth. Hallelujah. And we know that's what he did because... He believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him. How do we know he believed it? Come on, help me out. How do we know? Because he turned around and quit begging and stopped asking and stopped pleading and stopped trying to see something and feel something and he accepted this word. My son lives. Hallelujah. My son lives. Because the last thing he told Jesus is my son is dying. And he's got no reason to say my son lives except for the greatest reason of all. The Lord gave you a word. My son lives. And he turned and he went his way. And ever how far he had to go, I can tell you the devil's the same then as he is now. He was telling him, oh, you better turn around. You better turn around. You better go back and get him. You better go back and get him. Your boy's at the point of death. You, got, you don't have any time. What's he got to say? No, no, no. My son lives. And it's time to sing a song on the way home. On the way back home, song. What is the song? Come on, help me out. My son lives, my son lives, my son lives, my son lives. I don't care what I feel, I don't care what I see, my son lives, he lives today. Ever how, but you got to keep it in your mind, in your heart. And you got to keep it in your mouth because the high priest of your confession works with your confession. If you hold fast to your confession, my son lives, lives. There are people in here need to speak to their blood, need to speak to your blood. Quit saying I'm this. I'm the other. Maybe you have been, but repeating that is not going to help you. It's just going to keep you where you are. Confession is made unto the next thing, the next change. Call your blood clear. Call it clean. Call it normal. Speak to the blood cells and say, they live. They live. Live, red blood cells. Live, white blood cells. 
live blood. Because the life is in the blood. And we're talking about the Zoe God kind of life quickening your blood. Hallelujah. Live. Live. He said your son lives. So go on back home. You got it. Well, this is totally by faith because he, and he couldn't text anybody. <laughs> or call him. So what happened? What happened? He went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants came out to meet him. And what do you think the devil told him when he saw the servants coming to him? You messed up. You waited too late. He's gone. What's he got to say? My son lives. My son lives. And they told him what? Your son lives. Oh, hallelujah. If you'll say what the Lord said, he will do what you say. If you'll say what the Lord told you to say, he will do in your life what you're saying. Thank you, Lord. He told him, your son lives. He got that in his heart and mouth. He believed that. He turned around and acted like it's true right now before he feels or sees anything's different. And the first words out of these guys' mouth when they see him, they say, guess what? Your son lives. He's been singing that for hours. Your son lives. And verse 52, he inquired. He said, when? When did he start getting better? When did he begin to amend? Now here, this wasn't an instantaneous thing. Amend means you begin to get better. And just keep getting better and better till you're all right. This wasn't instantaneous. We see how long he sang the song. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> so he, he sang the song all the rest of that day and all night. Is that right? Half of the day this day. You know, I guess he sang it out by the campfire if he slept overnight. I don't know if he traveled all night. But how I many know sometimes you need to turn the radio off? Turn the radio off and sing your own song. He inquired of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, fever broke. Fever left him. 53, the father knew it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. Hallelujah. He put it together. He said, that's exactly when he told me that. Your son lives. Which happened first? He started getting better or the words were spoken? The words were spoken. And he started getting better. And his daddy kept those words and agreed with what the Lord said. Come on, can you see this? And by, in, in what, 24 hours or whatever, by that time, everybody was agreeing. <laughs> With what the Lord had said. The boy's body. All the servants were saying the same thing. When you first start saying it. Nobody's going to be agreeing with you. Not your body. Not the test. 
Not the symptoms, but you just keep it in your mouth and hold fast to your confession and eventually everybody will have to come around. Amen? The symptoms, the feelings, the reports will have to come around and say the same thing that the Lord told you to say. The father knew it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives and himself believed and his whole house. But we know he believed prior to this as well when he turned around and went home a singing, my son lives. Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory be to God. Praise be to the Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes and focus on the Lord. Hallelujah. Shut out loud. Forgive me, Lord, for not agreeing with you, saying what you say about everything all the time. I purpose moving forward to pay attention to what you say and to only say over myself and my loved ones and my things only say what you say about it. Hallelujah. Oh, let's thank him and praise him for victories. Thank him in advance for total victories. Total healings, total deliverances. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.